Hello and welcome to This Must Be Talking Heads, the show where I go track by track, album by album, through the band's music and discuss their inspiration and impact. I'm Rodney, your host, and last time we looked at the band's final studio LP, Naked. And at the time, the band members may not have known that it was their final LP, but they had become accustomed to releasing albums without lengthy promotional tours or very much promotion at all, apart from making a few music videos. But that doesn't mean that they were sitting around and twiddling their thumbs. I've covered in great detail the tremendous success that Jerry had as a solo artist in the late 80s. Similarly, Chris and Tina had instant success in the early 80s with their side project, Tom Tom Club, with the smash hit singles, Wordy Rapping Hood, and Genius of Love, outselling anything that Talking Heads had done at that time. After the release of the last Talking Heads album, which was Naked, Tom Tom Club became the primary creative vehicle for Chris and Tina, and you've heard part one of my look at their music, so today I'm presenting part two of my look at the Tom Tom Club, and I have a very special guest joining me. Hi, my name is Chris France. Happy to be here. You may know me from Talking Heads or Tom Tom Club or as a new author with my book, Remain in Love. Okay, so it might have been a little while ago now since I caught up with Chris, but to coincide with his book launch, I sat down with him to discuss some classic Talking Heads tracks and a lot of Tom Tom Club releases. And I can't think of anyone better to illuminate this discussion than Chris France himself. For now, put your feet up and let's run through the albums of Tom Tom Club in the post-Talking Heads era, starting with 1992's Dark Sneak Love Action. And to kick things off, let's soak up some sunshine and ecstasy. When you think of Tom Tom Club, the first thing that might come to mind for most of us is Chris and Tina and her sisters. But by the time Dark Sneak Love Action was released, Tom Tom Club had solidified their lineup as a quartet when they were joined by guitarist Mark Rule and keyboardist Bruce Martin. Chris told me that a number of things for this album were new, like where they recorded it. But for the most part, this album was an attempt to return to the band's earlier sound. Here's what he told me. On Boom Boom Chi Boom Boom we were attempting to sort of branch out and do some different type of things than people had come to expect from Tom Tom Club. I mean, that's what we always did with Talking Heads. We would do one album and then the next album would be considerably different than the preceding one. And we tried that with Tom Tom Club too. And, you know, it didn't work as well for us. Like, I, I think people wanted more of the dance floor stuff. So we uh, kind of returned to the dance floor thing. And also, in the meantime, we had built our own studio. That was the first record we made in it. That was in 1990. We had a lot of fun making Dark Sneak Love Action. We got Stephen Stanley up from Jamaica to mix it after we had recorded it. I remember Stevie, Stevie saying, man, this sounds too good. I wanted to sound more cheapish, <laughs> which kind of drove, drove the guitarist and the keyboard player crazy because they had spent a lot of time making their stuff sound really good. <laughs> well, in my opinion, they hit the target with Sunshine and Ecstasy with Billboard calling their lead single a kinetic pop dance gem. I had to ask Chris about any possible inspiration for this track and also how he worked up the confidence to do a rap on the song. Here's what he told me. Yeah. Rap. 
Um, I think Tina asked me, she said, Chris, you should do a rap here. So I did. And uh, I have to laugh at it. I mean, I can't take it seriously. Uh, in fact, you know, Rodney, around that time, it was around that time that I first saw the movie Spinal Tap. We were, we were on tour and I, I, we had a copy of it on our tour bus. We were doing this tour called Escape from New York with Debbie Harry and the Ramones, and Jerry. And so um, I was watching Spinal Tap, and I thought, oh my God, I can never take my gig seriously again. I decided with that rap on Sunshine and Ecstasy to just try to try to sound like a hillbilly. The music video is a daytime beach party with everybody decked out in summery 90s fashions, and it's truly like stepping into a time capsule. I really like the piano breakdown in the middle of this track and how anyone couldn't like a song with a bongos breakdown is beyond me. But if the new slash old sounds of Tom Tom Club aren't to your liking, perhaps you'll warm up to a Tom Tom Club cover of the hot chocolate classic, You Sexy Thing. feel like somehow this song just feels inevitable. I wanted to ask Chris about this one in particular because it's kind of a standout track, especially for someone discovering this album and this band. Tina and I had always loved uh, You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. And uh, Hot Chocolate was a very interesting band. Uh, Their songs had amazing grooves and production. On top of it being just a great cover, I needed to know whether they thought that they could bring something unique to the song, or if it was just already in their wheelhouse and that playing it would be a plain old good time. Well, uh, sort of a combination of the two. We did it slightly different from the original, especially since it had female voices for the most part. And uh, I never met the singer, but I found we found out that he was living just like a mile away from us in the Bahamas all those years, and I never knew it. A band like Tom Tom Club with their street cred covering a known quantity like You Sexy Thing was always destined to be a crowd pleaser. Here they are jamming it out with their old mate David Letterman on his late night show. Uh, Our next guests are a band that began as an offshoot of the Talking Heads, if you want to chart that at home on your wall. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, here they are again, Tom Tom Club. Suffice to say that a lot goes down between 1992 and the year 2000, most of which I'll cover on the next episode. But for the sake of staying on theme, we're jumping ahead to the next Tom Tom Club album from the turn of the millennium, The Good, The Bad and The Funky, starting with one of the leading tracks from the album, Who Feelin' It? (laughs) 
Sometimes I find I need to be in the mood to listen to Tom Tom Club. They can be very poppy and it's easy to dismiss their music as ephemeral. But that's the thing. Sometimes the music is the mood. Sometimes you just have to go with it. And if you can truly let go, the grooves can hook you in. Who Feelin' It is a great entry point into late career Tom Tom Club. It features a mix of styles and influences, and it isn't really bogged down by kind of anything. I had to know more, so I asked Chris what he remembered about it. Who Feelin' It was was a uh, our older son, Robin, had at that time had just become a turntablist, and he was learning how to scratch. And uh, when he gets into something, he really gets into it, and he'd done a lot of research about various you know stars of the world of turntablism like the invisible scratch pickles and the beat junkies and roly row and so so we put their names into the song the, the way we put a lot of names into genius of love r and you know our favorite r&b singers and i think we also put in wally Badaroo and and you know said that he was a genius which he is as well as some of the Scratch Masters, lots of other throwback musicians get a shout out here. Keeping with their signature style of calling out artists that they love and want to acknowledge, you get references to familiar names like Fella Cootie, Grandmaster Flash, Al Green, Otis Redding, and even members of the tribe that were a little closer to their circle like Wally Bataru and Bernie Worrell. As well as opening their set list at Glastonbury in 2013, Who Feelin' It is also noteworthy for a remix by Philip Steer that made it onto the soundtrack for the excellent film American Psycho. Here's a clip of Chris and Tina from the Record Store Day podcast where they promote the recent vinyl reissue of this album and they explain their unexpected connection to the movie. Brett Easton Ellis is such a unique writer and um, Christian Bale, what an actor. I mean, he really nailed it. And uh, I mean, and our, the director, Mary Harron, is um, a friend of ours from back in CBGB days. In fact, she did our very first interview ever for Punk Magazine, issue number two. Yeah. Wow. But it was, um, it's a great remix. I actually liked the remix a lot because he sped it up a little bit and uh, that was cool. And now from Christian Bale and American Psycho to Donna Summer, let's have a listen to another Tom Tom Club track and another cover. This one is Love to Love You Baby. I'm in my early 40s, and somehow I had never heard the original version of this song. Researching it for this show, I can say that it's one of the horniest songs that I have ever heard. Songs like this are why disco was invented. Let's have a listen to the original version. Oh, 
Oh my. Although there's a radio-friendly version of the song, at least in terms of the track length, the full version goes for almost 16 minutes and by some estimations includes 23 simulated orgasms. No wonder the Fun Police in the UK banned it. I had heard that this song and the band had a long gestation period, with Tom Tom Club having played this song with Debbie Harry on vocals sometime in the early 90s. That seems to be confirmed by this remark that I found from an interview with Tina, where she talks about the song and outlines the new perspective that they brought to the material. We started doing it as a different project entirely, and we really liked it, so we decided to include it in our own repertoire. It was a song we had originally done to celebrate 20 years of the pro-choice movement for women who wanted to bring children lovingly and responsibly into the world. All the songs that we selected were done with or by women. So it's true that it took them a long time to lay it down in the studio. Chris told me an anecdote about what they brought to the track, and it goes some way to explaining why it took so long for it to appear on a Tom Tom Club record. Donna Summer was the writer of the song, I think, along with Giorgio Moroder. But any, in any case, uh, Tina's great-grandfather in France is a famous poet and folklorist named Anatole Lebras. He was like friends with Mark Twain. And uh, Tina wanted to add in some of his words in the song. And we had to get permission from Donna Summer. When you're doing a cover, if you change the words at all, you have to get permission. Her publisher said, oh, no, oh, no, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. So finally, uh, Tina was able to actually get Donna Summer herself on the phone and explain to her the situation and translated the words for her so she could hear what they really meant. And she agreed to do it. And you might be sensing a pattern emerging here, but remixes of Tom Tom Club songs always seem to do well, and the reimagined Love to Love You Baby is no exception. That song was remixed a lot by DJs and had considerable success. Uh, One guy in particular named Tom Novi had some big, like, summertime in Europe hits with his remixes of Love to Love You Baby. Capping off my look at the good, the bad, and the funky is another absolute bop. This is Happiness Can't Buy Money. In an interview that Tina gave, she actually lays out the lyrical inspiration for this track and, again, leaning on a family connection, but this time taking a leaf from Chris's side of the family tree, she said, It's something my father-in-law used to say. He used to tease us because we said we were going to be musicians and artists. He was very supportive of us doing music, but he would tease us and say, happiness can't buy money. When I listen to this song, I also pick up on a few allusions to the Beatles here. Firstly, the more explicit riff on the title, Money Can't Buy Me Love, which is flipped on its head here, but also the song Money that features the same shameless, forceful, demanding that you give them money. One 
one of a few remixes that came out on a 12-inch record when the album was released were all made by producer extraordinaire Dan the Automator, which, as we'll see next, led to a somewhat unexpected creative collaboration. First, let's hear it, and then I'll break it down for you. This is Gorillaz with 192000. Even if you've never heard of Gorillaz, you've surely heard of this song. Just hearing a tiny little bit of it conjures up memories of ads for things like cars and mobile phones. You know, 2000 stuff. It's crazy to think about this now, but there was a time when Gorillaz first blew up where nobody knew who they were. The concept was that they were a cartoon band, and for a while at least, they wanted to keep it that way. And it wasn't long before Chris and Tina's names were being thrown around as possibly being involved. So what is the TomTom Club connection? Well, as well as featuring lead vocals by frontman Damon Elban and backing vocals by Miho Hattori of Chibomato fame, buried in the mix are some sweet la-la vocals by Tina, and throughout the track are some bongos by Chris, and possibly those final finger snaps, although I can't confirm that. I'll just try and pick a moment from the song where Tina's vocals are the most prominent, but you still might have to just lean in a little closer to see if you can pick them out. Apparently it was producer Dan the Automator's idea to bring in Chris and Tina to add a few final touches to the song. Recorded in their little home studio, their contributions are subtle, but sometimes that's what makes all the difference. And given how influential Tom Tom Club were to the grooves and the ethos of Gorillaz, you could argue that they contributed a whole lot more than that without even knowing it. Up next, let's get a little festive with 2007's Tom Tom Club single, Missile Tunes, which features two tracks, the first of which is Il Air. is a traditional French Christmas carol that translates to He is Born, the Divine Child. It's sugary sweet, with a trademark Tom Tom Club pinch of Francais thrown in for good measure. According to a kind of dodgy Google translation that I did from a website of webmaster and friend of the band's Frank Veldkamp, and let me just say, it's amazing that we've gone this long now without mentioning Frankie, these songs were recorded and released for fans for free on the band's website in 2007. They were so well received that the idea of a physical release became a reality the following Christmas in 2008. Perfect for fans who wanted to give the gift of Tom Tom Club to their friends, family and loved ones. Back in the day you could pick this up on red and white vinyl through the band's website as a 7-inch or as a CD single. The B-side was a song even more in the Tom Tom Club ballpark called Christmas in the Club. Because it's so good, I just wanted to give you just a little taste. Party kids. 
the CD single included the single mix, an extended mix, and an instrumental mix. And it featured backing vocals by TomTom Tom Club regular Mystic Bowie, and record scratching by Chris and Tina's son Robin, aka Kid Ginseng. Following that special release, fans didn't have to wait too long until the next and final major release from the band, their first in over a decade. In 2012, TomTom Tom Club returned with an album? EP? Whatever you call five new songs and four remixes. Anyway, it was called Downtown Rockers, and the title track is a vintage throwback to the CBGB era. Things are really pared back for this record. The core spirit of what made Tom Tom Club the band that they were is still there, but there's something on the surface, as well as deeper down in the grooves, that suggests that Chris and Tina were looking back to the early days and evoking the 70s in a way that wasn't just a throwback. It was more like reminding new and old audiences where they came from and truly celebrating it. Here's what Chris told me about the title track, including a really unexpected reference back to the early days that you actually don't see when you read the lyric sheet. There has been a lot written about that era at CBGB's, and in fact, I just did it myself. (laughs) But to the best of my knowledge, nobody had written a song about that era. So I thought, well, let's do it with Tom Tom Club. And, uh, you know, we we mentioned all the bands and... um, you know, it's it, it, you could say it's nostalgic, but it's it, it's also, to my way of thinking, kind of honoring those bands, television, Blondie, the Ramones, Patti Smith, John Cale, Lou Reed. I mean, those are our friends, but also very important artists in the history of music, you know, so it, it's an homage to all of them. I'm I'm glad we did it. I, I'm glad you like it. By the way, it was mixed by Ed Stasium. Ed engineered the first Tom Tom Club album and mixed it. And he saved our ass, to tell you the truth, because the producer, Tony Bon Jovi, it wasn't really working out that well with him. Just a quick clarification there. I think Chris accidentally said that Ed Stasium mixed the first Tom Tom Club album. And I think what he meant to say was that Ed Stasium helped mix the first Talking Heads album, which of course means that they go right back to the late 70s together. Ed called me up or I guess emailed me and he said, I hear you're making a new album. I hope you'll let me mix one of the songs. And so we sent him that and he, he did a, a really great mix. The Velvet Underground. It's worth pointing out that Richard Hell actually gets three call-outs in this song. One as a solo artist, one for his role in the band Television, and another for his role in the band The Heartbreakers. You can actually spot him in the music video, which features the current-day lineup of Tom Tom Club playing the song, intercut with archival footage of the punk and new wave scene in New York in the 70s, as well as current-day footage of extremely fashionable young people in New York wearing all the band t-shirts for all the artists that I mentioned. 
In one interview that I read about the music video, Chris said this. There are some beautiful young kids running around Brooklyn in band shirts from the golden age of CBGB and Max's, a period that is just as important today as it was back then. We love the feel and look of the video. It manages to be authentic, cool and fun all at the same time. Given the heavier vibe of the music, there's no record scratching from Kid Jensing, but to keep it in the family, Chris and Tina's youngest son, artist and designer Egan France, contributed his visual design talents to the record sleeve. The rest of the album is nicely balanced and pared back, and as Chris said in one interview, they left room for the listener to bring something of themselves into the music. Since Downtown Rockers came out in 2012, things have gradually slowed down for Chris and Tina. They've reissued a number of the TomTom Tom Club albums as beautiful Record Store Day exclusives on vinyl, including a recent limited edition release of Downtown Rockers with proceeds going to help cancer patients and their carers. But it just goes to show you that there's still interest in this music from discerning fans who know a good time when they hear it. A good example of this is how, in 2017, a full 36 years after the release of the debut album, one of the deep cuts from it, called As Above, So Below, saw a slick music video produced and released. Part of the justification for that video was that young fans were rediscovering the band, so why not give them something to love on? And Chris and Tina haven't closed the door on making music altogether. There is one final treat in store for you, something that is TomTom Club adjacent, but is an essential part of the whole picture. So to close out this episode, here's one last song, the dark and techno-influenced track called Incognito by a mysterious duo called Chris und Tina. Doing a serviceable craftwork impersonation, Chris und Tina is an electronic-driven project that gives the couple a creative outlet outside of TomTom Club that is a little more manageable, it doesn't rely on touring, and to put it simply, it must be nice to have a little hobby project that you can just release music through whenever the music calls. As best I can tell, Incognito is the only track by Chris und Tina, and in fact, it's sometimes credited just to Tina, but that's mostly because it featured on the all-female compilation Girl Monster from 2013, which was a three-CD set of music that was created by the amazing ladies from Chicks on Speed. As a singular track unto itself, it is the perfect fodder for a music fanatic to discover hidden deep on a compilation like that with little to no trace of information about who made it. It's like a ready-made rabbit hole that's just waiting for the right person to tumble down it. And I, for one, hope that this song is not the last that the world hears from Chris und Tina. But that's where we're going to leave things for this in-depth and informed look at the music of Tom Tom Club. I hope I've managed to whet your appetite for all things Tom Tom Club, and if so, there's a lot of albums out there to explore, including what I guess you'd call a concert album, Live at the Clubhouse, which was later resequenced and reissued as Genius of Live. You've got to check that out for a 10-minute-plus version of The Man with the Four-Way Hips. Trust me, you're going to dig it. 
Apart from that, you got to join me on the next episode as I return to more familiar pastures for a journey through the entire Talking Heads back catalogue as I go scrounging for unreleased live tracks and rarities, anything that didn't really fit into one of the album-focused episodes. I'll also cover the post-Talking Heads years and touch on the moment that the band truly broke up, the aftermath, the attempted reformation, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and a lot more. That will be the final episode of the season, and I assure you it's one you'll want to hear. And just like I did in part one of my look at Tom Tom Club, I'm going to finish off this episode with something a bit different, not a cover version of a song, but a tribute song. This time the band name is This Many Boyfriends with their song simply called Tina Weymouth. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of This Must Be Talking Heads. I've been Rodney. You can follow me on Instagram at This Must Be Talking Heads, on Twitter at Pod Making Sense, or you can email me at talkingheadspod at gmail.com. If you forgot any of those, you can always find everything that you need at my website, which is thismustbetalkingheads.com. As always, you can support the show and everything that I do on Patreon by chipping in a few dollars a month, and all of it goes to help keeping on the lights and keeping the podcast servers humming along. In return, you get an exclusive podcast feed of audio diaries that I've been keeping about the behind-the-scenes making of the show, and, of course, my eternal thanks. Until next time, well, hopefully you'll be hearing a lot of music that you haven't heard before, and maybe even hear a few stories from behind the scenes as I close the book on Talking Heads with a full career retrospective and rarities episode. I truly can't wait. It's going to be huge. See you then. <laughs>